Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Startup of the Year community. And this very podcast, thank you for being here. We know you have lots of choices in podcasts and appreciate you choosing us, at least for now, right? You've probably got other podcasts too, but thanks for listening. On this episode, we're going to talk with Susan McPherson, who's a serial connector, angel investor, and corporate responsibility expert. She's the founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies, and she's the author of the new book, The Lost Art of Connecting, The Gather, Ask, Do Method for Building Meaningful Relationships. Uh, She's also invests in and advises women-led technology startups, and uh, she's a member of the MIT Solve, Solve Women Technology Leadership Group and serves as an advisor to several nonprofits. Uh, before we jump in, though, I wanted to mention two things. We've got two things for you today. First, last week was America's Seed Fund Week. It was put on by the SBA, uh, the U.S. Small Business Administration. And uh, basically, if you didn't get a chance to learn about what, what uh, might be possible for you and the funds available potentially for your company from the various agencies of this $4 billion a year fund for tech startups, don't worry, don't fret. The recordings are out there. They're over at americasseedfund.us. Again, it's americas, with an S, seedfund.us. You can watch all the videos and learn more about the opportunities potentially for your startup or business. And uh, if, that's, if, you get, if you get that going and you think that's pretty interesting, you can also go check out sbir.gov to learn more about America's Seed Fund. All right. Also, we're going to continue our second, our second point, which is more or less highlighting a startup from our community which today's is very appropriate. The company is dun dun dun, dun Mind VR, which fights isolation and improves the lives of older adults using virtual reality. Mind VR provides virtual reality subscription bundles to senior living communities, veteran homes, and other healthcare providers, and also directly to older adults aging in their own homes. The company has an uplifting message and has been featured on tons of different publications, including Good Morning America, Fox News, CNN, Forbes, Washington Post, and dozens more. To learn more, just simply go to their website. It's www.mynvr.com. It's again, mynvr.com. That's MindVR. Very interesting stuff. All right, now let's jump into my conversation with Susan McPherson. All right, thanks so much, Susan, for joining us today. Really appreciate you being here. And uh, for our listeners, they may not know about your, what you're up to, but could you just start by talking about what uh, McPherson Strategies is and how you got going into that? And then we'll jump into your book. Absolutely, Frank. And it's a joy to be with you here today. Thank you so much. Um, I founded McPherson Strategies about nine years ago, nine years on next month. And it was a placeholder until I found my next job. Uh, and now we have 17 employees and about 17 clients. <laughs> And we do impact communications. So we work with corporations, NGOs, foundations on how they communicate the impact they are having in the world. Very cool. Very cool. So we're going to talk about impact then later in, in the uh, conversation. But let's start okay. with, with the book. You had a book okay. come out 
uh, the lost art of connecting, the gather, ask, do method for building meaningful relationships. It uh, it came out during the middle of a pandemic and <laughs> obviously not planned, <laughs> um, but would love to hear um, from you how that went. Well, first off, congratulations. I know writing a book is, is yeah. immensely hard and um, it's a big effort of time and everything. And obviously then the launch and all that, that's a whole nother effort. So congrats. But uh, I want to get your take on how that's all gone and how it's going. Well, interestingly enough, when people see the title, they assume I wrote it in response to the pandemic, but it was actually conceived um, in 2018. And the book proposal was picked up in 2019. And I right. started writing it in February of 2020. So um, just shows you how slow that process is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk about an industry that needs to be disrupted. Yeah. Yep. Frank, I think that's your next, uh, yeah, the, yeah, right. next journey ahead. Yep. But writing it during the pandemic was somewhat cathartic because I interviewed about 30, 35 business leaders who made connecting an integral part of their career journey and truly um, felt that building connections led to their success. And somehow interviewing them during the loneliest time in my life, because, um, you know, I live alone, I don't have a, a significant other, parents or children. So you can imagine during the pandemic how, how stiflingly quiet that was. I imagine there are people in your audience. However, though, probably that sounded delightful considering they were trapped with probably many, many children and parents and all the things, but I digress. And, um, but the theme or the notion of the behind the book was um, back to disrupting, but disrupting what we traditionally think of networking um, and leading with how we can be helpful to others rather than in traditional networking where you walk into a room where it's all about what can I get? What can I gain? How can these people help me? So flipping the switch and leading with how can I be helpful to others? How can I tap my superpowers um, and my knowledge and my guidance to be able to give to others and build meaningful connections around that? Um, and launching a book in the middle of a pandemic, April of 2021, certainly I would not recommend to anyone. Um, however, um, it was a lot of Zoom talks, a lot of podcasts, um, no celebration. Um, but right. one of the beauties uh, because of the subject matter is a year later, we're still talking about it because as people now have adjusted to this hybrid world, connection is no longer kind of like a, oh yeah, maybe, but it's something that leaders, entrepreneurs, founders, um, C-suite know that to have a successful organization, you have to do everything you can to drive connection. Absolutely. I mean, the world changed, right? I mean, yeah. it, it hasn't gone, and a lot of things haven't gone back as far as people going to the office and, you know, now oh. we're talking, we're talking about that, but then we're also now talking of hearing, you know, the four day work week and all, all this, there's a lot of different um, takes on, and it's all, I think, because of that, what happened with the pandemic. So, you know, and we've also had start starts and stops, right? During that time you launched it, if I remember back then, that was people were starting to get vaccinated, and, and it was almost like yeah. we're we can go out again and do things, yeah. and then here we come with another wave of, of COVID, right? So, all right, let's let's jump into your method. I mean, you have a specific method, and you used some reflection to like come up with that that method because you've been doing this forever, almost on autopilot, and so just want to get how did you break it down, turn it into a method, and put it into a book, and what does that method look like? Well, I learned when you write a business book, you have to come up with a methodology or guess what? You don't get a business book to write, <laughs> but right. um, 
yep. just being silly. But I had been a connector since, um, you know, I was probably five or six years old. And I was the product of parents who were serial connectors. But it was probably about six years into my company's um, trajectory that I noticed that our business was inbound almost all. And we tracked it. And it turned out within like 90%. And even to this day, 90% of our business is inbound. So what that told me was there's something there, there about connections. Yes, they're all well and good and they're fun and meaningful, but there's money to be made. And I don't mean to sound crass, but you have audience members who are founders and building businesses. And quite frankly, everything comes from our connections. Everything good in our lives comes from connections. But when I looked back over the last 35 years professionally, I realized that I actually did have a methodology and that is called the gather, ask, do. So I'll give you a, a kind of a 30,000 foot view of what that looks like. In the gather phase, you connect with the most important person in your life. And I bet you can guess who that is. It's yourself. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> and during, when you, when you connect with yourself, you think deeply about what your superpowers are. And notice I have a plural to that because we have many of them. And then you think about what your goals are for the next, let's say, one year, three years, five years. And you think about who you want to connect with and reconnect with that are going to help you meet those goals. But the reason knowing your superpowers is so important is the underlying notion of the entire book is leading with how you can be helpful. So if you don't know your, your superpowers, how can you be helpful to others? Lastly, in the gather phase, you think about how you can break that hermetically sealed bubble that so many of us live in, myself included, where we tend to attract and stay close with people who look like us, sound like us, the same age, race, and color as us. The next phase is the ask phase. And at the ask phase is where you learn to ask the meaningful questions of others to find out what their hopes and dreams are. So you can then be helpful and go to the do phase, which is my favorite phase. And that's where you take all the information you have learned from the persons or people that you're talking to, and you become reliable, um, trustworthy, responsive. You do what you say you're going to do. So that is the gather ask do. And I think, you know, certainly living through this pandemic the last few years, it's healthy to kind of go through this every few months mm -hmm. um, as an exercise to kind of think about your goals and 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 your the communities in which you you exist and operate in. And that approach, I mean, applies to in person or I mean virtual as well, right? It doesn't really Absolutely. change. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and you know, if anything, um, you know, one of the another reasons I, I wrote this book was I thought or at least I felt we had become slaves to our technology. Now, I am not a Luddite by any stretch of the imagination. And if we didn't have Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Google Meetup and phones and social media and everything, this pandemic would have even been harder than it already was. But I do believe that the good, the silver lining through this is it has made us more intentional when we zap off a text or send off a, a, a WhatsApp or an email. You know, I think we are more mindful about our connections and the meanings behind them than we were previously. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. So anyone that kind of lost touch with people during the pandemic, they should go through and do that method and start yeah. figuring out who, who have I not talked to in a while and, and would like to 
continue to connect with. Is that, is that a good yeah. approach? I love that because sometimes we forget that we have incredible connections that we have made and built over the years. Um, and I think sometimes we're reticent to reach out because, oops, we dropped the ball, but use the pandemic for that. You know, right. it, it, it harmed us. Why, why not take advantage of it? Well, um, yeah. And I think people also do that around um, collisions that happen naturally around travel, let's say, or for maybe in your neighborhood. And if those aren't happening, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you like, maybe you don't know, even know who those people are <laughs> like by their name, because you just see the same people at the coffee shop or whatever. So I guess you got to be a little bit more intentional there too, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing to remember is, you know, you will get ghosted sometimes. It's a fact of life. Yeah. And as hard as it may be, at least you try and right. you get an A plus for trying. That's my, my, my outlook on that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I want to go back to something you just mentioned a little bit ago when you were talking, explaining the uh, the method. You talked about figuring out your super superpowers, and that's you know keyed my interest. Um, so how did you? I mean, I, I think there's been books and stuff written about this, but I wanted to get your take on how you approach you know figuring out your super sure. superpower. Well, it is hard, and I am probably one of the most you know typical uh, woman in her mid fifties where she questions everything and. Um, <laughs> And, you know, has imposter syndrome. <clears throat> but I, I have to say, you, you, you need to audit yourself. And sometimes it means asking others. Sometimes it means asking your spouse or your best friend or, you know, your dry cleaner or, or your dog. But sometimes asking others gives you a different reflection in the mirror than, say, looking at your own self. But I, I think it's healthy to have a notepad and pencil and, and really write down, you know, are you a good cook? Are you, you know, multilingual? Are you a good writer? I mean, we all have things that we can be helpful with uh, to others with. Um, and I think sometimes we're the first people to say, no, there's nothing we're good at. When in actuality, there are many, 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 many things. It may not be rocket science, but... You know how many how many rocket scientists do we really know anyway? Right. No, and it's probably just <laughs> negative self talk talking you off that you're saying yeah. you don't have those 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 traits. So that's that's helpful. I think. What if you're what if you're an introvert? What because a lot a lot of folks that you know might be just really good developers or really good at graphic design or really good at you know other kind of IT or other things that are like not putting them in front of people. What do you do then? Well, for instance, when people say to me, oh, I'm in my early 20s and I'm just starting out, how could I actually be helpful? And <clears throat> I immediately say to them, do you know how to use TikTok? Help me use TikTok. And if it's a programmer, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, think of all the computer issues that, you know, you probably help your parents with, right? So right. everybody has superpowers, okay? Yep. In terms of introverts and extroverts, I, I will say, there's a reason I called the book The Lost Art of Connecting versus The Lost Art of Networking. Connecting is much more one-to-one, one-to-two. Networking is much more one-to-fifty, which for an introvert is terrifying. But one-on-one -on -one is, is somewhat less daunting. And I also say that I love to call it the power of three, whether you're going to a virtual event or a you know traditional event. Try to find out who's going to be in the room before you go, which is a gift that we often have these days. You know, years ago when I was first kind of coming of age, you didn't have the chance to know who was going to be in the room before you went. Mm, now, almost right. every event, you you know, there's like a, a, a website or a platform. And think about intentionally, who is it that you want to meet? But the power of three is go with the goal to meet three people, share three things about yourself, 
and learn three things about the people you meet. And then you can go hide in the bathroom or, you know, order room service from your hotel room. And again, you can do this on a, in a virtual, in a virtual setting too, but it could be the power of two. It could be the power of four, but set, set those types of goals for yourself because then it doesn't become so daunting and terrifying walking into these rooms. Yeah. It gamifies it in a way, right? Like you're, you're going, you're like, I got to do this. This is what I'm thinking. So, okay. That's really interesting. And I, because of that, I lost my train of thought on what my next question was going to be, but, um, but it was, uh, it's something into the fact of, um, how do you, um, apply this now? Let's say you're a founder and you're trying to build relationships and people you don't know. And you mentioned like, you can, you can, you know, do, do your research ahead. I mean, is it a similar process? Like you're trying to find, you meet a certain investor or try to find mentors or partners. Would you, how do you recommend or what do you approach? What's your approach there? I love this question because I get to share that in the eighties, one of my first jobs, real jobs was working for USA Today. And oh, I yeah. used to research people before I would call them and interview them. Mm -hmm. And the um, tools I had were the Encyclopedia Britannica and the Yellow <laughs> nice. Pages. And the Yellow nice. Pages. Nice. Um, today, when we reach out to people that we don't know, we have absolutely no excuse to not find some way we can be helpful to them. Right. It, 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 it's, it's, yes, there is going to be a smattering of people on this planet that are stealth and you can't find anything. Yeah. The vast majority of people, you can find their career trajectory on LinkedIn. You can find out what they're angry or upset about on Twitter. You can find out if they have grandchildren on Instagram. There are so many ways you can find out so that I like to say you can find the commonalities in the uncommonalities. Yeah. So number one, do 10 minutes of research before you reach out and connect. And by all means, when you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, don't try to sell them something or fundraise from them within the first five minutes that you interact with them. Offer yeah. something. Whether a, I'm sure you get a lot of those too, as you've got oh. probably angel investor in your, in your bio, so you're probably getting pitched um, things directly all the time. Absolutely. And even the first week of my book launch, I yeah. received a, an email um, from a lovely woman who I guess had heard me give a talk a few years ago at an entrepreneurial conference. And granted, I'm no one, you know, I'm no one famous, et cetera. But that week, the email was, dear Susan, I heard you speak at blah, blah, blah conference. Would you mind if I picked your brain this week? Because I have da, 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 da going on. And I thought to myself, what a missed opportunity to say, Again, I, I want to like, remember, I'm not trying to be on my high horse or anything, but it's just that would have been such a good example to say, Susan, I understand you just launched a book. Is there anything I can do to be helpful? And oh, by the way, and that is the way when we reach out to people, we should see if there's something. And again, it doesn't have to be writing a check for a million dollars. Maybe it's an introduction to a funder. Maybe it's a podcast or a newsletter they should subscribe to, or maybe it's a shout out on any of the social media platforms instead of diving right in. I mean, I hate yeah. to be crass, but it's a little like, you know, asking for sex on the first date. Right. No, that, that makes sense. No, <laughs> totally. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's great advice. And it's basically, to paraphrase, it's like, don't be lazy when you're trying to meet new people, like figure out, do a little bit of research. Yeah. Like you got the internet. It's pretty powerful, better, way better than the phone book. And then, uh, you know, obviously um, when you do actually build those connections, maybe ask a little bit more about them than telling about yourself. So yeah. love yes. it, love it, love it, love it. Great, great advice. Um, and I know you're, so you mentioned at the beginning, you're working with different imp, uh, impact or organizations to create impact, right? And I was curious on how founders, startup founders, can kind of address that 
or have you have you seen startup founders addressing that early? You know, even though maybe they're just getting their things going. Like, you mean in terms is, of building connections? Uh, just in general, like how do they approach like making an impact if they're not an impact startup? You know, oh, have you seen, oh. Have you seen a lot of that, or I'm curious. Yeah, on your take. I, mean, I mean, certainly now. I mean, mm-hmm. in in the early years of working in corporate responsibility, I mm-hmm. very much only saw it as a purview of you know the Fortune 500. Right. Um, you know, and and for many you know reasons that they did business in the EU where it was required, you know, to be reporting on your your um, carbon footprint, et cetera. Right. Um, but now from a whole plethora of things, you know, transparency, social media, you know, Gen Z and millennials wanting to work for companies that they believe to be, you know, purpose driven, you now can't, you, you, you almost have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with startups, when I, I advise them is start with your own people and find out what they care about and bring them along on the journey. It's also, if you are a startup, it's a lot easier to turn a rowboat around than a cruise ship, right? So it's very, very good to put in policies early on that limit your, limit um, the amount of waste you produce. You know, if you, if you produce products, if you really take care to look at your supply chain and make sure you are doing business with reputable suppliers that are also making sustainability an important, you know, part of their journey. And then think about the philanthropic give back that you can give. I mean, I'm not, philanthropy doesn't solve everything and sometimes it can be a band-aid, but if you start early, you're building a company that is going to have a philanthropic side to it, which is going to make it much more interesting for people to buy from and to, to join you and, you know, to be an employee or a funder or an investor. Uh, it's also a great way. I mean, it used to be a great way to stand out because no one was doing it. Now, right. you know, it's it's becoming much more commonplace. But I'm always, you know, I, I don't hear what I used to hear. And that was, we're not profitable yet, so we're not going to pay attention to it. Right. So, and it's great advice to say, you know, start, start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, get it going right away so you have it in, in kind of ingrained in your culture. Yes. Um, that's great. Um, all right. So you also do some, you advise companies. You've done, you know, angel investing as well. Um, what do you look for when you're like looking to advise or join a company as an investor? Frank, you're you're gonna hit me over the head when I tell you this. I fall in love with the founder. <laughs> I, <am. laughs> no, I great. would never recommend you follow my investing advice. No, I, I think it's know. important. I mean, having good fo- strong founders is is part of it because they're gonna they're gonna push through if you can be- if you believe in them, you know, in, in the way that you do. So I think that is a really important factor for sure. Yes, but I should look under the hood. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Look, look in the, under the hood, too. Yes, that's both. <laughs> I have invested in 22 women-led startups in the last 10 years. Um, two have, have gone away, you know, disappeared. Actually, three. Um, and I have yet to make a dime on any of the others. Um, I'm not giving up. Um, and I'm, um, uh, but, you know, that that is a lesson learned. Um, yep. But I also am a huge believer in helping people on their journey. Uh, and maybe it is because I'm not putting kids through college. So that kind of little extra slush fund um, is really helpful. I also know, you know, we still live in a, in a world where, um, uh, you know, significant, um, there's, there's lopsidedness in what funding goes to women and women of color. Absolutely. So if in my little world, if I can be doing something to help sway that, change that, I feel it's as important as the philanthropic work I do or the, you know, the philanthropy I give. That makes a lot of sense. Um, that's really great. Um, so I guess one more, I guess, question, and then we kind of uh, wrap here. Um, 
words of advice though for any any founders women like women founders or minority founders out there you have you know invested in a bunch have you what are things you tell them as advisors what are some kind of common things well, I'm a big believer again, and, and I, you won't be surprised by this, but tap into your community. Don't be afraid to ask others, but offer up again. I know I sound like a broken record, but you know, we, we are conditioned, especially as women to be afraid to ask for things. There's no reason we can't be asking for things, but we just have to make sure we, we put in some sort of offer at the same time. And I'm also, you know, a, a big believer in staying in touch with people. I know we all feel we're tapped for time, but it doesn't have to be anything more than a simple text or, or a call out on social media just to let people know you're thinking of them. And, you know, that way, six months from now, when you do make that ask for either fundraising or support or, you know, sign this petition or what have you, people are going to be much more likely to glom on. Um, so, you know, I know there's no rocket science there and I, um, in that, in that advice, but it takes a village to do anything and to do, to do anything successfully. So don't be afraid to build a village around you. Great advice. And I think really what you're talking about is managing your own community, which is super yeah. important, uh, as everyone kind of has their own, uh, set of fans, followers, friends, and, uh, that's great advice. So thank you so much, Susan McPherson for joining us today. The book is out there. You can go get it pretty much everywhere books are sold. The Lost Art of Connecting. The Gather Ask Do Method for Building Meaningful Relationships. Susan, thanks so much. Frank, it was a joy. Thank you. Oh, one more question. Where can they connect with you if they if they need to? I'm assuming social. You can find me on all the social platforms at Susan McP1. Mm -hmm. And my company is McPherson Strategies. Um, and then the book is thelostartofconnecting.com. All right. Some great advice from Susan. Really appreciate, appreciate her being here. She's an expert and uh, check out her book. Go get it if you can. Uh, it's out there pretty much where all books are sold. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, please do share it with somebody you think might find this helpful. Maybe it's somebody that's learning to connect or needs to connect. Uh, better or maybe something that's super isolated. Sharing is caring and uh, really could be helpful to send that text or send that email to somebody sharing the episode and, and maybe they can learn from this. All right. And finally, uh, as always, if you have a startup idea and you want to get it started, haven't started yet, get it going today. Today is the best day to start up. Get it going, get it, get it uh, iterating. And in doing so, I encourage you to join our community for access to support expert advice, and all the resources you would need to elevate your startup by simply going to startupofyear.com, filling out the application there, or going to SOTY.LINK forward slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y, filling out the application there and joining our community right away. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great people in it, and I'm sure you'll gather uh, benefit from doing so. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Don't forget to get out there today, tomorrow. Enjoy the summer while it lasts. Hug your loved ones and have a great great time and good luck starting up. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.